Welcome to Doug and Joe Talk. I'm Doug. And Joe is here this week. You didn't say I'm Joe. I'm Joe. <laughs> and I'm him. <clears throat> yeah. Well, it's good to be here. And uh, I was concerned we were going to get wind on the podcast, and then the wind kind of died down a little. We'll get bugs instead. You can probably... Bugs. Crickets? I bet we can hear them. Or, I mean, I can hear them. I'm sure, I'm sure that yeah. the, the listeners are going to hear it, too. We're out in nature today. Yeah, we're at the park, which is kind of our... One of our alternate locations we like to go to when the weather's beautiful. And it's going to be hot today, so we're early in the morning, or early. Nine's not that early, but... Um, it's kind of early today. I mean, it's the first thing for me today. Yeah. First thing on my schedule. Yeah, I went and just did a short thing I had to do before I came here. And it's nice because it's kind of my non-farming day. And I don't have much to do, so I feel like I'm all free to do whatever I want. So, But we're here at the park, and it's beautiful. It's going to get hot today, but it's not hot now. And we have a interesting cigar. And we also started to talk about stuff randomly as we got yeah. five minutes into the cigar. And we thought, no, no, we need to, we need to be quiet. We wanted to be inclusive <laughs> to our audience. Yeah. All it, of our genius conversation. Because it was interesting stuff. But let's, let's tell you about the cigar first. So uh, this is called the Davidoff Yamasa. And a few weeks back, when I was with Joe, we had, Joe was gone for a couple weeks, but we started this series of, I think there's four Davidoffs, which Davidoffs... Have a, are pricier cigars in general, and they've got this reputation for kind of being the best, like really soft, not too bold cigars for a long time. And in the last five years, they've been like, wait a minute, let's branch out. So I bought four of their branching out cigars. So they're a little higher than our normal budget. I think they're all going to average around fifteen, something like that. <coughs> maybe maybe a hair more than that. And this Yamasa, here's, here's what uh, the press says. The Davidoff Yamasa calls on select tobaccos grown in Yamasa, Dominican Republic, which is a company I like, a uh, country I like, because I visited there, but also I tend to like Dominican tobaccos. It's a region with a reputation for being difficult to grow in. Yamasa showcases gorgeous milk chocolatey wrapper leaf grown in, uh, in this challenging region that took a team of scientists to perfect. And it's evident in the seamless appearance. It also features a binder from St. Vincent DR, which I think I've been to, and aged long fillers from Nicaragua. So, um... um Milk chocolatey, huh? Yeah. Is that supposed to be suggesting a taste or just the appearance of it? Because Appearance. It, okay, I was going to say, it looks like milk chocolate, and I'm trying to, like... Yeah. And, I, and I, it got me thinking, even while you were giving that short description, I think you could probably use power of suggestion... <laughs> it's so the power suggestion is a powerful thing. Mm -hmm. That's why they call it the power. But it's interesting how your brain finds what it's looking for sometimes. Yeah. There is a little wind, and my ash just dropped, and it was probably less than an inch. I'm just important to say, but so I don't like it when people say taste words to describe mm. color because I think with when you're talking about a cigar that I think that can confuse yeah. people but they were referring of course, to color most things would have a taste associated with them I mean like if you said it was <clears throat> barky brown oak bark brown <laughs> I suppose you could uh, right but, early, it, man, huh? but I know but if you said like I don't know evergreen yeah, but so if you said evergreen green, you're not going to chew evergreen leaves or uh, needles, evergreen needles, and, and taste it. You're going to think of the color. Some things are more color dominant than they are of taste course. dominant. So. Milk chocolate, you definitely think of a taste, right? And so I that's think what I, we're saying. Yeah, and I think that's a little deceptive. <clears throat> but but what are we getting? So 
Uh, you can go first, or you don't have to. Well, right off the bat, we got some spice. That's waned, it seems. Yeah, there was a blast right at the beginning. Which I think is always kind of maybe just a a, sen uh, a curve on, uh, like a sensitivity curve. Whenever mm. I start a cigar, or anything with nicotine for that matter, you sort of feel that burn of, of pepper, the spice or whatever. Um, so that's waned. Um, there's a sweetness that I like. And I'm a little bit out of the cigar habit, because it's been a couple weeks since I've had one. Yeah. But, but, um, there is a sweetness, a little bit of a breadiness I noticed first off. First off, uh, I don't know. I'm not. I'm coming up short. What do you got? Well, and we're just at the beginning, so we're we're always we're always reaching at the beginning. Well, I um I, I liked that blast of spice at the beginning. It was kind of fun. It made me think it was going to be a, be more spicier, but it has. Uh, I agree with you. It has kind of come back a little. I'm with you on the breadiness. There was a hint, and it was weird to me at the very beginning. I don't know if it's still there. But it was odd because it was like the tip of my tongue. I was getting this chocolatey taste. Yeah. Um, uh, in a retrohale, I'm almost getting like an amaretto. Mm, okay. <clears throat> kind of just popped when I when you when I retrohaled there. Well, so so that's or chocolate. There's a there's an earthiness and maybe a mineraliness. I want to want to work on the mineral, but but it's it's right now I can't identify it. So we're just gonna we're just gonna keep smoking. That's all we got at the, at the beginning. It is a beautiful cigar. We don't talk about that a lot. Um, it doesn't look super oily, but it, it's shiny, um, and it's a brownish cigar, and, um, oh, I was going to say, yeah, that maybe I'm getting just a hint of the Nicaraguan tobacco, and we've said before that, as a generalization, Nicaraguan tends to taste a hint dirty, but this is just a little hint of it, and so sometimes when there's just a little hint of that Nicaraguan tobacco, it doesn't give you an icky dirty, it just gives mm -hmm. you enough of of a little bit of a bold, yeah, yeah. bold earthiness that's, that's good. And so this is good. And that's all I got <clears throat> for now. Mm. But tasty. And I would expect this to be a little weird. Because if they're, if this is, like, if that this wrapper only comes from this area, mm -hmm. they might be the only person using kind of it. Kind unique, yeah. Yeah. I think so. it. Is, I think I. That's what I'm noticing. I, I'm kind of. I chalked it up to not having had a cigar in a little while, but but there's a uniqueness to it that it's a little bit harder to pin down. I think. Anyway, we should yeah. talk about the news. We'll let the, let the cigar blossom. Into yeah, we we should. And it's a short one too, so so it mm -hmm. might not even make it through the podcast. It's a, oh, I guess I didn't say that. Davidoff Yamasa Robusto five by fifty, and I actually have the price sixteen dollars and fifty cents. So. There you go. Um, so, um, Omar and Talib going to Israel has been in the news. I, I kind of I've, I've I've only seen stories about the per, on the periphery of this story. Okay. So tell me what what exactly has transpired in this? Okay, in this thing. So the, and this this is actually probably the one thing I do know some details on. Sometimes I don't know all the details. I just kind of get enough so we can talk mm -hmm. about the values. But on this one, um, I can't remember which one it was. I think it was Rashida Talib. One of them said, um, they, they both were like, we're going we're gonna to go to Israel. But they filled out like some of their paperwork that said, we want to go to Palestine <laughs> instead of calling it Israel because of this. And Israel actually has laws on the books. And they basically said, you are pro-BDS, and because of this law, you can't come. And, of course, the left's like, oh, how dare you not let senators from the United States come to Israel? The, whatever, you're a free country, you can do what you want. Mm -hmm. But then, I believe it was Tlaib said, wait, I haven't seen my grandma in 13 years. 
I really just want to come to see my grandma. And so whoever the person was in Israel said, all right, if you would just agree not to not to cause any trouble, not to do this and that, sure, we're, we get it. Come see your grandma. No big deal. And then she said, oh, I'm not going to let you restrict what I can and can't do. I'm not going to, my grandma wouldn't want me to do that, blah, blah, blah. And so it's like, it just looks like it's a setup. From it's the a political beginning. stunt. <laughs> yeah, it is from the very I mean, I was going to say that when the fir- your first mm-hmm. half of your story. Gosh, what? I get so, <laughs> I, so I was listening to one of, who I think is one of the greatest political minds of our time, Newt Gingrich. I sold this guy short for way too long, and I think that probably he was entangled in some weird stuff back in the 90s or whatever, I, whatever, when he was more involved. But now as an out, sort of, sort of a... Well, give, me, give me your knife, and then oh, keep talking about Newt Gingrich. Sort of, now that I think he's distanced himself a little bit, and this is kind of more of an advisor or a pundit or whatever, I think he, listening to Newt Gingrich has been awful enlightening. He was talking yesterday, and I don't remember Awfully. What, yeah, yeah. It's an adjective. <laughs> or <laughs> adverb. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Remember, I'm American. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this is a good old boy. Um, so, he's he was talking about how this, the squad, they're, as they're known, you know, yeah. these, these sort of like really, really radical um, Democrats are leading the party now, and how they, how they continue to distance themselves from America. And the American majority, and the damage yeah. that they're doing to the party, and things like that. And I, I just think that stunts like this, I think most people, whether they call themselves Republicans or whether they call themselves Democrats, generally speaking, if you were their next door neighbor, you'd get along with them. Yeah. And that's that's kind of like one of the hallmarks of why, why America. One of the things that's made America so great is that we're just kind of like go along, get along type of people, and. They're they're destroying that, and I don't, I don't really. I wonder when it will be that they will come up against this and like realize the damage that they've done to America, or do they care? Are they trying to undo America, or do they really? I can't see. The thing is, I can't believe that they believe in their ideas. They're not believable to me because like this, the hate that's being spewed and the divisiveness. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yeah. So, way <laughs> the <to> divisiveness go. <laughs> of. Of some of their rhetoric is just, it's it, it, to me. I just like I stand back and I'm not I'm not appalled as I am bewildered. Do they really mean what they're saying, or they do they have any comprehension of what they're doing? Okay, so on one hand, I say it kind of doesn't matter. I think we have to. I, there are times, and I think they're rare, when we need to look at people's intentions. But sometimes I think what we should just do is look at their actions. Number number one, because we can ju- we can look at their actions and say their action is good or bad. And then sometimes we're saying we have to speculate a little and say it looks like their actions from the beginning were set up and they had an agenda. So that's a little bit of speculation. But judging intentions, it sort of doesn't matter. And And the reason I say that is because if their actions are appropriate for our country, then okay. If they're not appropriate for our country, then we have to start saying, what do we do about it, if anything? So I could say, I think they could be connected to some people that have an agenda that is anti-America, that is probably pro-Islam in a bad way, not in a good way, that perhaps wants to... They're probably connected with people that do want to destroy Israel. They may even believe that they want to destroy Israel, but they know they have to get in with this big, giant America and influence our political system. And if they do, they might actually have 
some ability to destroy this country that that their religion tells them to destroy. Now, it might not be that extreme. They might just be caught up in something that they think is right that isn't. Who knows? Yeah. And I think that that... See, to me, that makes a big difference. It makes a big difference how I'm in, how I'm going to engage anyone knowing what their goal is and what their intentions are. And I think that... I think that if you look at... I mean... I guess what I'm not comfortable with is di- is dividing a person's actions from their intentions because there's always an intention behind an activity, any kind of activity. I agree, but we can, with pretty good accuracy, judge their actions, but it's way less exact to judge their intentions oh, totally. because we are guessing and predicting and assuming. I totally agree. But when we look at their actions, then it's like... It's easier, mm-hmm. and that's why sometimes even in the in the media, in media that I like, that would that would I, I think be doing a, a correct job in assessing things. Sometimes they get too much in saying, "Oh, mm-hmm. well, they intend to do this. They intend to do that. They intend to do that." Well, we don't know that. We can look at their actions and say, "Here are their actions," and their actions look like they're heading that way. Yeah, sort of like calling Trump a racist because he wants to build a border wall. Right. <laughs> right. Um, maybe yeah. maybe he wants to build a border wall to protect all of the minorities in America from, you know... Oh, I got you. Yeah. So, you know, and, and that's the thing with... You, you have to really be open to have a dialogue. And I've, I've had a lot of fun drinking wine and smoking cigars with people that have different political views from me. And without going into the whole conversation, one time I was talking, and we were actually drinking wine, talking about cigars, <laughs> which was just super fun, with this guy, Doc, in my wine club. And we were kind of got into politics a little bit. I mean, it was a five-minute conversation. And at one point he said, you know, we're just definitely on different sides here. I don't think we're ever going to agree. But he said, it's really fun to sit down and smoke a cigar or drink wine with you. And he patted me on the back. And kind of, it was kind of one of those, ah, I don't want to talk about really politics. Detention yeah. here. I don't want to talk about politics anymore. Let's, let's try some more wine, you know. <laughs> and I felt really good that Doc was my friend and he could say that. You know, and he might be completely supportive of Talib and Omar and what what they did. I don't know. When, um, as an aside, <clears throat> a little parenthetical addendum <clears throat> to that. You're I always some big words. New I know. Sharon. I'm feeling <laughs> this morning. Did you go to New Sharon High School? Can I make fun of you for did. that? Okay. <laughs> so um, I went to a Tumwan. See, <laughs> we had like thirty thousand people in a Tumwan. Surprised you're not speaking half Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> so that was almost racist, <laughs> man. Come on. <laughs> but true, racist, but true. <laughs> Um, uh, as an addendum to that, when whenever I hear somebody make a comment like that and sort of ease the tension off the situation and back it up, I ho- I have I I uh, I'm always tempted to think, okay, you don't think your argument can win, you're backing it up. <laughs> you you just threw the towel in, didn't you? Sometimes it's it's definitely a, the right thing to do to yeah. just ease it off and back up and in and you could call it just humility. Look, I don't want to fight with you because you're my friend. Yeah. But <clears throat> I I always am tempted to think that way. And I and I and, and that's I I'm tempted that way too. I'm glad you brought that up. I I do think um, at that moment because I know Doc, it's just like ah, let's not get into this. Let's yeah. just enjoy the yeah. wine and enjoy the night. But because I think at the right time, he he would he would get into it. And uh, there was just a lot of wine on the counter, and, you know. And it was like if we were sit- if we were sitting in a lounger with a cigar, he'd, uh-huh. he'd probably get into it. But this was like, no, nah, we need to try more wine. We need to. There's a whole bunch of stuff here. We need to focus on not not that. So it was cool. Um, you did make a comment though that I wanted to mention about the the radicalization of the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. So 
on one hand, I'm happy that it's becoming radicalized because it makes it more I, obvious, doesn't it? In it black do, and white. It does make it obvious, and I do think because of that, they're losing. They're they're losing. M- middle America ordinary people that are Democrats. So the good thing is I think they're going to lose because of that. And But the bad thing is I do think there are some good people that are Democrats, and this is why I like, like differentiating between leftists and Democrats, because I do think there are some classical liberals that have some similarities to me that 20 years ago I didn't know that they had similarities to me. And, and I, I do now, and I realize that Classical liberalism, I, I mean, I might even accept that label a, li- a little bit myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I want to keep those people in the conversation. But what I hope is that those people, the, the, if you will allow me to say the good people that are Democrats, mm-hmm. which I'm sure. not necessarily meaning well, the rest see, of Well, see, and that's evil. why the intention thing matters so much, because there are some people that legitimately want to help other people, and yeah. that's their. That's why they want to have all these social programs mm-hmm. and stuff. they it's coming from a good place. They just need to learn, in my opinion, they need to learn that there's a better way to build that security into society. So intent, intent matters a ton. But I didn't mean to hijack what you're saying. Yeah. Well, and I and I, yeah. Again, one of my one of my friends at Wine Cup, we, we talked about she was she was really into having a lot of government social programs to help people, but at the grassroots level, she and I did a lot of stuff together locally, helping people, just, which had nothing to do with the federal government taking our money and redistributing in it to things that I would say should be done by charity. Right. Right. And, uh, but so, and she's a great caring person. Mm-hmm. And, um, so anyway, but I, I wanted to mention that cause I, cause I think what I'm hoping, like, I hope there isn't a rebirth of the democratic party. I hope the radicals actually take it that way. And there's more of a rebirth of like a third party. Maybe I don't know if that's good or bad. I, I really the two party system scares like yeah, I don't like it. I agree with you. But but I wonder if having some of them say, wait a minute, I don't care if you call it the Republican Party and it becomes the classical liberals come over. That might be a good thing, or it might also be a good thing if a third party rises and the same thing happens. As, as long, long as, as the, the ideas thoughts, are getting yeah, some airtime, that's it. As long as the ideas come out and we can talk about this, then I think we're we're doing good. Yeah, I think so too. I what I fear, I guess what I always fear is that history will repeat itself in this country the way that it, I'm afraid that things will happen in this country like they've happened in other countries that you look you look at countries that have fallen to communism um, it generally happens with a manipulated underclass that rises up and wants to take from those who have and 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 it's ha- it's sort of happening and and that's what I'm afraid of I hope that we can have enough reasonable conversation like we were just talking about that we can avoid that in this country because man it's it looks like it's happening here what's happened in so many other places i i'm hopeful mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm optimistic and, sure. and i put it i put some of the i, I don't want to put too much of my hope in the wrong place but i do think what i'll call new media mm-hmm. internet stuff oh, yeah. small media i think it's making an impact i know it's to where the the higher levels aren't having the same influence they used to because down at the lower level people are having the conversations mm-hmm. and there's a bit of a division I think that's happening but I don't think the division is bad I think people are are starting to draw lines and if they draw lines to say well here's what I think and that's a good thing but if they draw lines to say I'm not going to have a conversation with you then it's a bad thing mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
because one of the in my mental development, learning to think about things, one of the best things to do is to say, yeah, I'm going to draw a line here, because when I draw the line, I understand my line, and it actually helps me a little bit understand yours if you're on the other side, and I can be like, mm, here's here's why I don't get that, and maybe we just disagree, and that's okay, um, and that's kind of the American way to do things, isn't yeah, it? I think so. It's supposed to be. It's kind of a fun way to start the podcast. That's kind of got us into talking about the, the good things. Mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. uh, but but, I, but I'm hopeful in that, that I think the conversations are happening on a smaller level. Yeah. So, uh, mm. we're about time for an update, aren't we? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> oh, no. You talk too long? <laughs> mm. I got I to gotta work on this. I was okay, so I'll start off the update while you work on that. Okay. The ash is a little bit, wants to fall off, it seems. I'm just going to kick it off there. I am getting a note. I called it amaretto the last time I talked about it. It's extremely pleasing to me. I'm not sure what it is that I'm tasting because it seems like every time I try to label it, it's just like, no, it's not that. What is it? But I'm getting something that is just like, it's sweet mm -hmm. and it's got like a, I don't know if it's a nutty taste to it. I'm loving it. <laughs> Whatever it is, I don't care. I'm getting it too, mm -hmm. and I got and I'm I got it after I let at the, the cigar cooled down a little. So I wondered if I if I was, but it almost went out at the same time. It is pretty humid, so yeah. that that could affect a it's little bit of humid, whether yeah. it's staying lit. But I also was talking a lot. Yeah, there's some sweet, fragrant. I'm I'm really tempted to look at what it what they say that I should be tasting to see if they label it. But ah, oh. did it go? You I might as well just relight it. Just I will. Just I, I lost it. it. I hate cigar. losing it, but I got it. I got to admit it, but I got it as I was sucking to keep that lit. It started, the, and I would. I think you're right. I think I would call it amaretto. Oh, so right good. now, so. so 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 good. Maybe it, there's a little almond in there or something. Definitely though the. Mm. I'm have to use a torch because it's a little bit too windy. Yeah, right? it's kind of windy. If this torch will light. Ah. I don't know. I might have to hide. This is going to be a hard <laughs> update. You might have to kind of hide behind something and to get this to light. Nah, it's all part of the process. You're right. Oh, yeah. We, uh, I don't know. Can I talk about something that's sure. incon inconsequential while you're going here? Mm -hmm. We just had a really cool summer storm come through this morning, and uh, there's there's tree branches laying all around where we're sitting here from the from the storm. It's gonna make you work for it, isn't it, Doug? Mm -hmm. This is when I wish I had a better torch. Is that just not full of gas, or? No, it's it's just blowing it out. Uh, this one might stay lit better. I'll try this lighter. I'm glad I got a couple. Oh yeah. Need the bick. <clears throat> I think it, humidity might have something to do with it today because I actually had to do a little correction on mine a while back. It was starting to burn a little crooked. Uh, maybe it's the breeze too, but the breeze really isn't that strong. There you go. Back in business. Wow. What did that do to the taste? 
And we'll see. It can affect it. Because I felt like I really had to heat it up to get it lit. I think when it comes to most cigars I've had, when it starts to go out, it's almost better just to relight immediately rather than to try to toke it back up because I think it can tunnel sometimes and do some weird stuff. Yeah, it, it can, and I, I was probably, I passed the line. I probably should have uh, relit sooner than I did. I was really trying because I don't like to relight. Yeah. I, I will say that the the idea that relighting is always bad, I don't think is true. So I, it doesn't always make it bad, but it does tend to char it right where you're relighting for, for a few minutes. So now we'll try to, to do this update. So I was agreeing with your mm -hmm. almond amaretto, and I, I think I think you nailed it. We might change our mind later, but yeah. I, I don't want to change. I don't want it to change. <laughs> yeah. So I um when I relit, I got a little extra spice that wasn't there. Mm -hmm. I'm also drawing. I'm just drawing hard, so it's hot, a little hot. Yeah. So. Well, let's let's just let's just stick with that. Yeah. There might have been something else going on, but because I relit and it took so long, let's let's try to enjoy it, and we'll we'll hit it a little better on the next update. But so you had a little bit of a wonky burn, even with my relight. <coughs> Mine's relatively straight; it's not mm -hmm. perfect, but it, mine may be trying to do it again here, and I've been okay. kind of on it. Maybe we'll see what happens. Well, maybe those scientists that developed the growing in the Yamasa region didn't do too good on this wrapper because it didn't well, burn straight. And maybe maybe it's irrelevant. I mean, there I think that there's probably some cases where, at least it seems to me possible, that there are some tobaccos that might burn wonky but might taste great, so who cares? Yeah. yeah I, <laughs> um, <clears throat> it doesn't bother me as much as it used to mm -hmm. because I've gotten a little better handling cigars. So if you, if you can handle it and deal with it, sometimes it's like if it tastes great, who cares if it's burning a little wonky? And Maduros are, mm -hmm. are these. This isn't a Maduro, but Maduros tend to burn wonky because they're just it's the nature of Maduros. So like that triple Maduro, it it I don't remember it burning wonky, but it surprised me that it didn't because mm -hmm. I would expect that one to. Well, and I think that. Along with the enjoyment of a cigar, you, you enjoy, it's just kind of like you enjoy driving cars of, or different vehicles, you know. Some of them handle weird and you have to finagle them and, you know, work work it, work the, the shifter and the brakes and the clutch and the steering and stuff. It's kind of part of the fun is that you, you're driving the cigar, you know. kind of. Well, there's a learning curve. My, my work truck at work started having a problem about six months ago and I couldn't ever get it started. But once I learned that the problem isn't going to be fixed, but I learned how to start it. Yep. Now it's now it's fine. I know what I have to do. It's inconvenient because it takes me two minutes to start my truck instead of two seconds. But whatever. Hmm. You know the 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 boss is going to pay me instead of buying a new truck. I'm kind of <laughs> glad. You know. I mean, I have a work truck. Mm -hmm. You know, <clears throat> it's kind of the kind of the nature of a farm where you have four different locations. You got to drive ten minutes to. And yeah. Well, what's our next topic here, Doug? What's on the docket here? Well, did you know enough about the Fed to talk about the Fed rates and Trump kind of shaking his finger at the Fed saying, hey, now, don't mess us up? And Well, dude, I know enough about the Fed to know that <clears throat> if there's a, if there's a, if there's any group of people that you can kind of point fingers at and say, listen, you, are, you, have, you have always been and will continue to be manipulators and after your own interests, it's... It's that group. 
Uh, I, I, I don't like the Federal Reserve Bank. I don't think we should have it. I think it should obliterate it, audit it, and then do away with it. I don't, I mean, from its hit, from its beginnings, back in 1913 till now, I've, I've not liked the Fed. And I, I think that they're playing this game where they, they're totally, they're totally undoing progress that we could be having. And they would say, they would like sit back from in their almighty chairs and say, well, we're doing it to protect this or that or whatever. No, they're doing it for political reasons and they're, and I don't like it. So it, I, th I think his like, accusations are probably valid. I, I think they are too. Now, here's my question, and I think I know the answer, but if they were perfect people and not doing it for their self-interest and political gain, if they were just trying to really do what's best, is it still better to not have the Federal Reserve? Uh, well, as a free market guy, you... I would have to say, yeah, it's better to not have it. Yeah, that's what I would say, too. <clears throat> it just seems like you're... It's just like one more level where the government's trying to make things better when if they would just not be there... But it's not the government. Yeah, it's not, and it's that's not the, the government. That's, that's the, the thing bad part. Remember. Mm -hmm. I know. Mm. So... Is the Federal Reserve part of the executive branch? No. Okay. It's not part of any branch. It's not part of any no. branch. It used. I mean, the issuance of money used to be up to the government, mm -hmm. but that was give that power was delegated back in the Federal Reserve Act in 1913, and it was that an executive branch decision it or was, a was it a legislative? Okay, so so at least our representatives made that decision. They could make the decision to undo it. So yep. okay, All right. yeah. I think that if they tried to make the decision to undo it, then some of them would end up dead. <laughs> okay. That uh, is that, it's that correct? Oh, yeah. Okay. For All right. sure. Well, was it Andrew Jackson that was had multiple assassination attempts on him because he was trying to fight? fight. He, was tra he, he prolonged... They tried to take it over way earlier than that. He fought him and fought him and fought him. And I think it even says on Andrew... Is it, I think it's Andrew Jackson's tombstone, something mm. about fighting the banks. Hmm. Well, for our listeners, and because I'm not an expert on this, I'm going to pass the buck, but there's some Milton Friedman stuff on the Federal Reserve and and the the where the economy tanked, where, where, whenever it was, the 30s, 40s, whenever, whenever it was, where he talks, you know, they try to say, well, thank goodness the Federal Reserve was there or we would have really been in trouble. Which they caused the problem to begin with. They caused the problem to yeah. begin with. And it's really interesting. And I, I love Milton Friedman on so many different levels. And even though he's passed away, you know, less than a decade ago, I think, it, listening to his stuff is really, really cool. He he would be a fairly modern-day economist that I would probably align with pretty closely. I've not read much Friedman, but the <clears throat> I, I, to my knowledge, everything that I, or to my recollection, everything I've heard about him I've agreed with, I think. Yeah, there's some free stuff out there on, on, on YouTube, if you want to support YouTube, that talks, it's called Free to Choose, and it's basically um, a series he did and it's obviously by the apparel they wear. It was probably early seventies, okay. <laughs> you know, the, <laughs> yeah. may, maybe late seventies. But mm -hmm. it, they were a bunch of smart economists and Milton Friedman got together, and he was really good at making. It's an interesting conversation because it's not all one sided. Kind of mediates it a little bit. Yeah, and, and one of the other guys is it's not it's um the the black guy, not Larry Elder, but the the economist guy. Um, I get Larry Elder and him mixed up, but it's. The other black economist guy, I can't remember his name, but he... Uh, the other. The other, the other, because those two are the only two. Uh, but 
anyway, I'll, I'll think of his name here before long. But anyway, you should listen to that. It's 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 good stuff. So, yeah, and I, I don't know enough, but I think Trump's right to wave his finger and say, "Hey, come on, yeah. come on, guys, knock it off." Well, and, he should have. <clears throat> I think he should be more outspoken about it. Yeah. To drive it into the drive it into center stage for his following, for his people. That's probably something though that's not going to change even in his second yeah. term, is it? No, I mean to. He might get him to cooperate a little bit better, but I don't think it's going to be put to right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right. Well, then that's enough about the stuff we don't know about the federal. What, what I do know, can I say something? Mm-hmm. One thing I do know is that they have. <clears throat> it is obvious that the Fed has done a lot of work as far as raising it. Like they they have done things absolutely without a doubt to inhibit growth under Trump. They've actually they've they've yeah. Without a doubt. So I want to go to the topic that we started to talk about when we were lighting this, when we had the cigar lit, and we were like, "Hey, let's let's do that on the podcast." So let let's head there. So where were we? Where were we heading? And you know, you took some notes oh, okay. there. So, well, well, we were talking about iPhones. Mm-hmm. We were we we were both talking about some limitations that our phones have, or little weird things that they're doing and stuff. We were talking about how <clears throat> there's a there's a uh, struggling to know how to set this up now, but there's. So, so we both have iPhones, mm-hmm. Apple iPhones, mm-hmm. and I, for the most part, like my iPhone. I mean, I feel like it's done a good job for me, but we're talking about how if you look at, like, Apple users in general, I would not classify myself as a typical Apple user. Yeah, me neither. Let me share an anecdote okay. to illustrate that point. I've, I've a couple of times in my life gone to an Apple store for some tech support or whatever. I am the way out of place way out of place at an Apple store when you think of the typical Apple user you think at least my mind gravitates toward this woke uh, sort of like we used to call it like metro type of person you know super urban sleek whatever like we know what we're talking about and a lot of a lot of these people are uh, liberal minded sort of I like their suits but I probably wouldn't align with their ideology yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and and it's interesting to me that these are the types of people that wave the banner of human rights. They wave the banner of enti- like not human rights grounded in any sort of like natural law or what our founders would ground their human rights in, but like people deserve this or people deserve that or whatever. And yet these people are buying technology that's produced by basically slaves mm-hmm. in factories that are making like a nickel a month or whatever it is. I'm, I'm probably exaggerating, but maybe not. I mean, they're making ungodly low wages. They have to put suicide nets in the factories because the workers are so miserable that they want to commit suicide. Totally unfair. Mm-hmm. The companies are making billions of dollars while these people that are making the technology are dying and, and these sort of like woke liberal people are just eating it up and loving it. No, totally totally turning a blind eye mm-hmm. to the damage that they're doing by using these products. And Let, let me add a little okay, clarity, sure. and I want to throw in the free market side. There's mm-hmm. a free market side of me that says, if you're a company and you can buy that product really cheap, we, we shouldn't interfere. However, if that, if because Apple might not necessarily be the be the bad guy here, but they're buying from bad guys. So, and somewhere along the line, that makes you a bad guy. Uh, okay, <laughs> because I, w- I, w- I would agree. Morality plays into why we make decisions in the free market. I, I, I agree. So, so 
and let me let me just add a little more clarity. So it might be they buy from a guy that buys from a guy that buys from a guy that buys from a guy that's mm-hmm. a bad guy. But it doesn't matter. At some point, right. you need to. I agree, but at some level, then you have to say, well, if they actually are using slave labor, we maybe should consider options with the caveat that we have. To, I do agree that we have to be careful with our values because if I'm in a third world country and my 14 year old kid can work 14 hour days and support the family or my 12-year-old kid can work and help support the family, maybe that's okay. Mm-hmm. On some level, that could look bad, but I don't want to necessarily call that bad. But there is a level where it becomes, yeah. where it becomes on a human level, bad. Yeah, and, I, and that brings me to like the second part of what I wanted to talk about, is that I'm interested in the interplay between free market and proximity. Because in, instead of actually taking... In, instead of actually taking a, well, here it is. It's the further you remove a person from their buying choices, the it just does weird things to the free market. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I'm what I'm trying to talk about. Like a person who's buying this technology, and I've got it. I've got one. Um, yeah. Because do. we don't have to see, because we don't have to see the people, we we just sort of like. Make all make decisions that we maybe wouldn't make otherwise because it's so far away. Yeah, like you said, buying yeah. from a person that's buying yeah. from a person that's buying from a person that's a bad guy. It's interesting. It's just interesting to me. And, and on some level, it is out of our control. But I think that can be used as an excuse sometimes to justify things. So it's, so it's, sure. it's good to talk about it. It's good to figure out if there is, if there are these horrible conditions that people. I mean, if it is slave labor and people are forced. If people are choosing conditions that are really bad and we would say are horrible and they're bad conditions but they're choosing to be there and they can leave and quit that job if they want, I wouldn't want to interfere. Mm-hmm. But if they're chained to a, yeah. to a desk and, and you so know... that's the thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, then, it, then it's different. It is different. Um, because it then... And then, but is it... And, so we're talking a little bit theory here instead of specifics, sure. but if we could... If we could um, allow mentally, if we could empower mentally disabled people who don't have jobs in Oskaloosa to manufacture these things working for $2 an hour because they actually have the physical capabilities but not the mental capabilities, is that a good idea? Maybe. Is there a way, should we tariff them? I don't know. That's That just makes the product, maybe, you know, that we'd have to decide that we'd have to get enough information that it is um, humanitarian Outrage that we need to attack it, and I'm not sure that. Oh, here's the other thing. If you can't get enough people to care, it's just going to continue happening. Yeah, it is. It is, and that's and that's the compromised position that we find ourselves in. Is that, and it's just like say raising the minimum wage at McDonald's or something like that. It's it, the the owners aren't going to make less money. That's and that's and that's the thing that like people miss. It, it that people totally miss. Like we could move we could move um, just because we're picking on Apple. We could move Apple production to the United States, and we could pay people what we feel like is fair, and they could be happy and prosperous. But you know what would happen is that the price would go unbelievably through the roof, which you know. And then we're talking about. <clears throat> Understanding people's intentions and how they argue for things, and you could say, well, because the owners of Apple aren't going to 
diminish their return. I mean, they right. they're gonna make their money, you know, and and uh, <clears throat> or it just, it just mm -hmm. seems like, and and so that's when you get these people that are like against, they, they claim to be against capitalism, yeah. and what really what they're saying is, listen, we could do this in a humanitarily friend, humanitar humanitarily, <laughs> in a humanitarian way. Everybody could make money. The owners could still make money. They might make a little bit less money, and we could all we could all be happy and sing kumbaya. But it just to work that out, it's interesting. <laughs> it's really interesting. Yeah, I, I want to try and draw a line on, and it would be really hard to gather the information to prove the line. But I want to come back to that after the cigar update because the last update was a little messed up, mm -hmm. and we're at kind of our mark for the next update. So, um, and I feel like mine's at least burning to where I can talk about it yeah. now. Um, and my comment is on the cigar, this uh, Davidoff Yamasa. I also like their cologne. I don't know if it's the same company, but <laughs> um, I like, I think I'm tasting just a hint of the Nicaraguan, and I like it. It's just the right amount mixed with the Dominican tobacco. So it's got that, that, Graham cracker bready sweetness with a little bit of the earthiness and um, and that amaretto I'm gonna go with I think we're as accurate as I, accurate as I can be I think that amaretto nuttiness that almond amaretto is is in there and that's the sweetness I'm tasting and I like it and I'm I like this cigar quite a bit it's to me that is almost fading a little bit into a little bit more of a coffee barely it's just like a sweet churched up coffee I don't know it's great this it's really lovely I'm uh, I'm not gonna concede that yet I'm not tasting I'm not tasting the coffee this time and I do a lot mm -hmm. in coffee I in cigars but um so oiliness any, anything else from the, oh, the retro hail for me I like the flavor I got with the retro hail but it did burn a little and, yeah it did and so I wasn't I wasn't happy with the burn but I was happy with the, the flavor I got when I retro hailed um the purge didn't. The purge didn't. Wasn't necessarily wowing me when I purged through my lips. It didn't, but it wasn't bad either. It's like, like I just. It's all right. I think it, it. I mean, this characteristic taste that we're talking about. Everything that I've done has enhanced that. Like whether it's a retro hail or a purge, it's just like, oh, that makes it stronger. Oh, there it is again. It's. It's really wonderful. One thing that's fairly common, and I think isn't the case with this cigar. Sometimes when I purge, there's a there's a bitter mineraliness on my lips, mm -hmm. and, and that's not the case with this one. Yeah, it's um, clean. It's clean, and I and I like it. Mm -hmm. And um, so uh, we're liking the Davidoff Yamasa. I think we've nailed it as best as best we can for today. We'll we'll have a close here in a little bit. Ron, uh, do you have any more to say? I just think that we're not going to land on any. I mean, we're not going to land on any hard, fast rules with this discussion. Are you talking about the, the cigar or the... The cigar. Do you oh, have yeah. anything to say before? No, I don't I, have okay. anything so to, add. to So to draw the line here, um, for me, I, I start with a base of freedom. I want the market to be free. I want the people working, even if it looks like a bad environment, if they're choosing... If, if a 10-year-old's working in a factory overseas and, and the family, the parents are saying, yeah, this is good for our family, it's good for our culture, it's okay for the 10-year-old to work 14 hours a day... That gets a little borderline, but I'm drawing a line here. Mm -hmm. If they're freely choosing that, it's okay. But if anyone's being forced, um, like chained, slave labor, they, they're they there to work, they're just given food, they're given... If that's happening, that's definitely a humanitarian 
violation that we could say should there should we do something but as but but as the chain even if you try to fix it and you say apple pro even if whether apple tries to fix it or if the government tries to fix it the what can happen is reality will still be reality even if we try to we apple says okay we're not going to buy from them anymore somebody else will and sell a cheaper product to try and cut apple or if the government says we're going to do this somebody else will still try um and that's not to say don't do it that's just to say we have to realize that the solutions aren't always solutions because you can't restrict everybody all the time to doing the right thing um so that's that's where i would that's the best I can do with my values. I'm not sure I have a solution necessarily. Well, I, I have a suggestion. I would just like this. We have seen in the last decade or better a huge push toward an, an idea. And it's unfortunately, it's a lot of times it's been um, offered to us by bleeding hearts that really don't understand things. Mm-hmm. But it's also crept into some really good Christian grounded people that I know, this idea of fair trade. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't get on all the fair trade trade bandwagons, but you we've seen this idea do wonders in, in textiles. We've seen it do wonders in food, in the food industry, where people are actually getting a quality, more quality product, mm-hmm. and wages are better for the people that have created it. And, and people are very conscious about that these days. There's about fair trade, good, wholesome line of custody of their food and products and stuff. I would just like to see some of that seep into technology. Because I think that's the one area where people just seem to have turned a blind eye of, and they don't care about it. Yeah. I agree. Now, and I want to ask you a question you may not know the answer to. Does the government get very involved in the in the fair trade thing, or is it mostly it's a non-government? Okay, yeah. And, and that, I, I like that. Yeah. So I, I just yeah. would like to see people mm-hmm. like care a little bit about, yeah. I like it that they care about where their food comes from. I like it that they care where, where their coffee comes from. Maybe let's care about where our phones come from and our technology comes from. And, and, and I am glad that you pointed out the hypocrisy of, of kind of the woke people that want to just avoid the fact that I'm getting this wonderful cheap iPhone that does exactly what I well, want. I can cheap. live my life how I, <laughs> cheaper than it would be, perhaps. Maybe. But the fact that they're turning a blind eye to something that might be bad. I mean, when it costs Apple 20 bucks to make this phone and they charge me $800... Well, I, yeah, I, 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 as a businessman, I'm going to say I know, that's not I a get fair it. argument. I get it. Because because if, if I have to it maybe... It becomes a fair argument when I look at the company and say, I like your product, but I don't like the way that you produce it. It, it does. Then it becomes a It a matters then. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. But again, and sometimes it's just options, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to buy maybe a different Apple, but... I go to the store and I have these apples, so I buy these apples. You know. Yep. And sometimes you like, and again, you can't you can't care about everything. And I do think that's in general. I think it's good that um, I think conservative people would just say, "I have a certain. I have to care for. You have to care for you and yours. Mm-hmm. Whatever that is, you just have to do the best you can. And when and so we kind of don't worry about the bigger things because I'm worrying about clothes from girls, food from sure. girls, and maybe someday an iPhone when my girls are adults, I, you know, whatever. Um, but we don't, we don't take on the bigger things. And these are not new, these are not new problems and they're not new, there's no new solutions. It's just, 
You know what you know and you don't what you don't. Yeah, so um, Fed rates, I don't know, is there, um, I don't know, recession predicted by 2021? I was curious about that yeah? recession thing. I don't have too many de details. I don't, Nobody does because this is one of those prediction things where economists are saying recession by 2021. I think they're just trying to muddy the waters. Mm. I really do. When, it, when you see all these economists jumping on the bandwagon of, oh, it's terrible, it's terrible. Mm, really? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think it's political again. I, that's my tendency to believe that. Well, it is, and, and here's the thing, though. They might say, oh, wages have dropped 20%. Well, maybe they dropped 20% so that more people could get back to work. You know, you could hire more people. I just people don't even I don't, know if that's true. Yeah, I, and I don't know that that's what they're saying, but it, it, you can you can twist the metric. You can say, yeah. it, you know, um, yeah, I, we could talk a little bit about Venezuela. I don't know. That's not... Want to talk about guns? I sure. like guns. Yeah, let's talk about that. And I don't. <laughs> we don't have that much time left. Though. No, we don't. So we're getting weary. That might be good because <laughs> that that one guy, the I'm gonna unfairly give him a label, and I don't know enough about him. But it's his last name's King. I forgot his first name, but he's from New York, and he's labeled a Republican. But when you're a Republican in New York, you're probably a Democrat. <laughs> with, with, with all due respect to Republicans in New York, but he signed an assault weapons ban, and which I don't even know what that means, which is the biggest thing. Yeah, see, that's the, that's the problem. Anything can be an assault. You can have an assault hammer. You can have an assault fist. electrical cord. Fist. <laughs> I mean, it's how you use the dumb thing. Yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, the proof is in the pudding, man. To, if, if evil people do evil things, they're going to find evil ways to do their evil things. And, and you look at any city country, county, state that has put these put any weapons bans in place, they don't stop violent crime. Look at Chicago. Yeah. Chicago is like the perfect example. It's it's like what the third is it number three in the world? I think so. Most deadly city. And they have like some of the tightest gun laws anywhere. And it just doesn't work. You have to empower good people. If you just if you if you if you strip good people of their power, you get worse. You, the bad people just fill that vacuum. Yeah, and, and when when the shootings were politicized, I can't remember which one. But there was, I think, one of it might have been El Paso. One of them where there was like twenty people killed, and some pundit I was listening to that I trust was like, like twenty people were killed yesterday in Chicago, and will be tomorrow. Right. You know, it's like, and we're or making a, and we're making a big deal out of. You know, a mass shooting. It's a non-starter. Yeah, which is like it's such a small percentage. I mean, it, it gets big media coverage. Yeah. Um, probably because it falls into their narrative. Right, it falls into their narrative. But it's like, you know, if you go to the, a place like Chicago and look at it, well, this is happening all the time, and they have the laws that that we don't want, and it's not helping. Mm -hmm. I, I remember once when I was, um, this was a long time ago, and I might have considered some gun laws. I think it was might have been Columbine. Somebody pointed out to me that, if it wasn't Columbine, it was something else. But they said, like, 20 laws were broken when this event happened. And if, yeah, there'd have been, and if, the if this law and this law would have been in place, 22 would have been yeah, broken. Yeah, exactly. And so, it's you know, on some level, the, the law doesn't make people better. Right. I do believe we need to protect things that are important. And the fact that they would say, you know, pass three more gun laws instead of armed teachers. Yeah, you know? it's... 
Right. They're, and I don't know that arming backwards. teachers is exactly right, the right thing, but but it seems to be obvious that passing the laws is those laws aren't going to help. We're talking about evil, mm-hmm. and there are there are already laws against killing people mm-hmm. and hurting people. And, and I'm glad those laws are there. Right. So, well, yeah, it gives us. Yeah, it's so frustrating to me. Like even this guy, the, this recent thing in Philadelphia where six officers were shot by this guy, and he had an AR or something. He was barricaded in, you know, and all these cops got shot. It, he, he was not supposed to have a gun. Like this guy was, he illegally possessed a gun. Yeah. The, a law would not have helped. The law didn't help. Yeah. And then they were calling for more. The, the, the sheriff or whoever was was calling for more gun control. Whatever. <laughs> Not going to help. Because these guns are stolen. And, and yeah. And, yeah, the laws were already broken, so let's enforce those laws better and, and let's not restrict good people from defending themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just... And w- w- we agree on that s- so much. I know sometimes talking about guns is just one of those things where... We're not going to get a whole lot of fun dialogue between you and me because we're we're kind of on the same page. But I'm not sure that we need fun dialogue. I just we're I think we're right, and <laughs> that's you know prove me wrong kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Where's Crowder so, when you need him? That's right. That's right. Man, that guy that guy really hammers into the numbers. He's got a lot of uh, of uh, resources to really look at numbers, that statistical and, knowledge. Yeah. yeah. Can't you can't really argue against stats very often, right? And oh, I I, I didn't finish my story. Oh yeah, I, I did finish my story. Even though I was in favor, like I was thinking maybe a gun law would have helped Columbine. That was the point. And my my buddy said, you know, there were already twenty laws broken. Two more laws would have just. And I had to kind of step back and say, you know, I think you were right. Mm-hmm. And that was one of those moments in my life where I'm like, yeah, maybe that's not a good idea. And my my sister attended Columbine, really, but dropped out. Like a year before the shooting, wow. and so she like knew one of the teachers that got shot. Hmm. Some people, so it was like that was pretty close to home for me because she was living out in Denver at the time. So, yeah. Well, um, you know, uh, the the clock wears us down. We can't we can't talk about everything forever. And actually, our cigar is. Uh, yeah, I'm about done. Yeah, it's uh, we're sm- I'm smoking it's, it short because it's good. Yeah, it's not gotten bad. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, you know, get toward the butt, it gets. It gets kind of nasty, but this one isn't. So yeah, we need yeah. Our, we need our clips, our cigar clips, or our cigar pipes. Or yeah, something. yeah, just stick it in, stick it in a pipe, and finish yeah. it off. Sometimes. Well, um, well, let's let's go ahead and do our final yeah. wrap. I think we. I want to hear what I'm supposed to be tasting. Okay, so here's what we're supposed to taste now. Um, expect now that there's a short version and the long version. Expect hints of sweetness, <laughs> leather, and rich spices. I don't know. I don't know about the leather. Maybe we'll see. Earthy washes, uh, earthy with dashes of spice, sweet, orange, hints of nuts, leather, wood, refined pepper, wood mixed with coffee. So, one of those was pulled off a cigar website, and one was pulled off of the Davidoff website. So the Davidoff is obviously the, the more extensive one where they really want to. The reason this cigar costs fifteen, uh, sixteen dollars, is because they pay people that can really taste to go in there and <laughs> probably. Mm-hmm. Now they might be they might be slave children from another country, <laughs> smoking the cigars to tell us what we're supposed to taste. Well, and you know, <clears throat> that's not true as far as I know. You get a lot more fairness maybe when it's a re- when it's a true luxury item, I suppose. 
Maybe. Phone? Uh, yeah, whatever. So, so I hate it when people re- reference fiction uh, or re- reference um, like a movie that's not real. But, but I think it's a reflection of reality. I remember in I think it was Silence of the Lambs or some movie where, like a, a cologne or something was sprayed on a note, and so they took it to these. I think they were in France. These Small excellent, excellent sniffers, and they could sniff it, and it's like, oh, yeah, I can, I can tell what's in that. Yeah, there's only like three places in the world that would make this cologne, <laughs> and he could like tell everything that he smelled, and say, you go to these three places. One of these places sold this cologne, so you'll be able to identify that he had to go to one of those three places to buy what he sprayed on the note. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, if you're at that level, I'm, and I'm not, but it would be really <laughs> getting even close is fun. You it know? is. It is. You know. And I, Taste is so subjective. I, I, I think that you. I mean, you, the experts can say whatever they want, but unless you and I can taste what we like right. and enjoy it, right. then they can. Yeah. And fi- final thing before we wrap up, um, my wife when she started going to wine club, it was so fun because she's like, "Here's my palate, icky, not icky." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like now, she's like, "Oh, dude, I'm getting blackberries in this wine, and it's and I'm getting just a light tannin, and it's a little bit acidic." And like mm-hmm. now, she's like, "All this, you know, because after a few years, she learns what she's tasting." Mm-hmm. But um, mine was getting a little hot, and it's so short. I'm going to call it good because yeah, I don't want to smoke it till yeah. I don't enjoy it. Yeah. But um, I think we nailed it. I don't think we need to add anything. I do want to comment. I do want to comment on just the leather because it's one of those things that I will say I might have been tasting leather and just am not used to identifying it. I didn't get so much leather. I, um, I kind of disagreed with that one. Okay, I was saying maybe, so so I'm not sure. But when it said coffee there at the end, I thought, well, maybe there was some coffee I missed, and because you kind of said coffee a little for a bit. bit. So, yeah. all right. Well, that's been the Davidoff Yamasa Robusto, and uh, Joe and I both really liked it. It was an interesting cigar. I, I would have to say it it did stand out, not as a not as your typical cigar, but we enjoyed it. And that'll do it for today. Yeah, very good. All right, thanks for listening to DougAndJoeTalk.com. Talk to you next time.